decided to go ahead and go live a few minutes early uh, just to see who comes in here. Uh, tonight's going to be a good show. i uh, got Steve Rudinsky coming in with uh, Eileen Isley. Um, you may know them from Carousel, uh, the Meowie movies, uh, Captain Z and the Terror of the Leviathan, uh, Super Task Force One, to name a few. Uh, I'll be joined by uh, Miss Boom in just a minute or two. It's early just so people can you know, see it's live. Uh, I was just talking about how Shingles is a book series, and we'll be talking about that and other projects. And, of course, I'm sure we'll bring up Karis Hell 1 and 2. you got to mention the Dukesters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, and I had, uh, I'm kind of repeating myself, uh, but I'm telling you that uh, I saw Shingles on uh, Kindle, the book download on Amazon. So I went ahead and I signed up for the free 30 days. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to read those books and then cancel it. Apparently, there's like 45 of the books out. It's kind of like, oh, wow. yeah, I guess it's kind of like an adult goosebumps. Because um, one of them that um, I'm sure you saw the movie poster I posted has like a dummy on there. Well, it's called like um, his fist up his ass or something like that. Or like <laughs> and the dummy's name is uh, Sloppy, I believe. So kind of like Slappy. Oh, yeah. we got uh, one of the two coming on. Hello, hello. Hi. Oh, hey. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I, I'm great. How are you? Good. I was just talking about the uh, Shingles book series, how there's like about 45 of them out. And I'm, uh, and I don't know if they're still coming out or not. Oh, here comes uh, Steve. There we go. I think the authors aim to try and release a new one every month, but don't quote me on that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, like ahead, I found them on um, Amazon, I was saying. Uh, so I signed up for the 30 days free and I'm going to like read a few of them, <laughs> especially the titles that are in the anthology. In the movie, yeah. So, mm -hmm. how's it going, Steve? You hear everything all right? You good? Oh, I hear everything fantastic. I made oh. myself an alcoholic lemonade from fresh squeezed lemon. So, let's go. have a good time. The alcoholic <laughs> lemons? <laughs> you just have, uh, you know, plant the lemon seeds and pour some alcohol on it and they grow. It's a, it's a very specific tree, yes. Uh, um, I love your name on the thing. It's thank deep, you. too handsome. <laughs> That's just cute. wanted to differentiate the Stevens. You know, we both spell our name the same. He's handsome, but too handsome. I'm the, I have he, he's the duo of it there. So <laughs> can't go wrong with two Stevens. You know, it's a good Correct. name. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I was saying how I was downloading the books and everything. I'm going to read some of those. Um, we'll get into shingles in a little bit. We'll get some more heads in here. We'll just uh, talk a little bit about some other stuff and uh um i did watch uh i finally watched uh super task force <laughs> oh yeah was, uh, oh. and and captain z i watched both of those um, oh what do you think yeah oh i i enjoyed them uh they were great so super uh, task force is a passion project that i'm still very proud of um for how little we had and captain z while it's not on the same level as like cares Hells. I think that's a movie that is probably one of my better films that gets the least amount of attention, which is a bummer. It definitely should be watched more. I was saying to the viewers, yeah. anyone who hasn't seen it yet, definitely check that one out. So Yeah, I watched those when we first said, I'm probably going to mispronounce your name. I'm so sorry, but Aline, is that right? Oh, Aline, yep, you're right. Okay. But when we first had her on, I watched those, and we absolutely enjoyed those movies, especially Super Task Force 1. We really liked that one. Thank you. I got a couple yeah. questions about that for you. Um, obviously, a Power Ranger inspired, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but a question for your character's name was Jason. 
And Jason David Frank played the Green Ranger. Is that how you got the idea for your character name? My idea was Jason, as in the Red Ranger, played by Austin St. John, but then okay. using the last name of Oliver from Tommy Oliver, the Green Ranger from Mighty Morphin, there we to go. kind of combine the Sixth Ranger, but also the Leader Ranger as like one. Um, just in terms of the name, it wasn't inspired character-wise at all. And like most of the inspiration in terms of tone was from Super Sentai way more than Power Rangers. But obviously, Power Rangers was the first experience of the genre. So I had to give my like hats off somewhere. And I did that before I cast fucking David Fielding, you know, to be in the movie. Uh, otherwise, I would have needed to use that name because that would have been my reference to Power Rangers. It was Zordon himself. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. But hey. And hey, if, if anyone here is a fan of Super Task Force, uh, there will probably never be a sequel just because it took forever to make a uh, profit. Uh, however, he did finally come back in a Meowy Dark timeline, which is exclusively on SteveBuster.com right now. In episode four, Jason Oliver came back to try to fix his mistake because the gal is the villain of Meowy 4. Nice. <laughs> I just I watched Meowie, a couple Meowie movies this week for the first time. I've never watched them before. They were just so <laughs> adorable. <laughs> Did you do Christmas and Halloween? It was. I watched two of the Christmas ones. Oh, okay. So you oh, the beginning and the, the end. First one, the last one. Yeah. So I, I did watch Halloween. Halloween, but I didn't get time to get to it. But I watched Christmas, <laughs> both is, Christmas okay. ones. Are those animals your guys's or almost all of them? Not ever. Most. Mm -hmm. I highly recommend uh, St. Patrick's Day because that's my favorite in the series. Did you watch Christmas Vacation on Tubi, Boomstick? Yeah. Then yeah, now Christmas. you saw then you saw St. Patrick's Day. Because on Tubi. Oh, okay. yeah. They're combined on that one. Yeah. I was wondering why there was a leprechaun in there, but I was okay. Like, hey, I'm <laughs> well, so I made Meowie Christmas and then I made Meowie Halloween. And at the time I was like, okay, I'm done. Uh, but Halloween kept making so much money that I was like, eh, I can't say no to more money. So I kept on talking about Meowie St. Patrick's Day. I was making Meowie St. Patrick's Day. Oh, I can't believe my first trilogy is going to be Cats. Ha, 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 ha. I was filming three and four at the same time. And I didn't tell anyone until three came out and the post credit scene was, guess what, motherfuckers? Uh, later this year, four's coming out. But three was only like 30-some minutes long, and then four was like 45 minutes long. Two B only takes features. So I was like, well... I, I nicknamed that version the Meowie Endgame. Um, yeah, I saw that. Uh, but the intended viewing is like on the Blu-ray, where three is its own thing and four is its own thing. But you still got the whole shebang, you know? Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah, I was wondering why there was a leprechaun in Christmas, but I was like, hey, I don't care. This, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody can celebrate Christmas, even the leprechauns. Exactly. Well, they can't be left out. Just, you know. I got a review on the for me at Christmas Vacation. Obviously, there's some of the Washington on Tubi, but the review was just like, this is the second worst Christmas movie I've ever seen. Christmas is barely in this. I'm like, what's the worst? And, you know, it was fine. You know, he, he wanted a Christmas movie, and Christmas Vacation isn't really a Christmas movie. We named it that to make fun of the dog who saved Christmas Vacation because that was a double dip into Christmas instead of making a new holiday in that series. We were just making fun of that. Right. <laughs> well, they caught you on it. Hey, he actually thought Christmas was okay, so clearly that's what he wanted. He wanted very explicitly Christmas stuff. He didn't get that in the final film, and that's okay. That's valid. Fair. Uh, 
Yeah, I was kind of hoping for another super task force, though. That was hilarious, man. <laughs> Again, like, if you want to hop on to Steve Buster for one month, you can at least get a little bit, one more taste. Yeah. But that's probably it. Yeah, we'll get, we'll put that in the link um, in a little bit or in the chat, I guess. No worries, yeah. That, so. <laughs> yeah, I, gotta, I keep meaning to sign up for that, so I got to do that. I mean, it's a great deal, too, and all that exclusive stuff on Thank there you. that you have, so... I, I shall get it. I swear. <laughs> it's on my to-do list. I'll sign up right after tonight when I get off. <laughs> Perfect. What was that site called again so I can look it up? SteveBuster.com. It's basically my digital subscription. Um, it's it's not a streaming service. It's hosted on OnlyFans, and it's like direct YouTube links to all stuff unlisted. So you can keep it permanently when you unsubscribe. And if you don't mind, just please don't tear everyone at home. That's all. But it's all in the we, we won't all Netflix it, all right? We won't and, Netflix it. And then a bunch of, um, like, exclusives that I shot just for, like, Meowie Dark Timeline is just for Steve Buster. We filmed uh, Lost Cleveland, which is just for Steve Buster. And a few things like that, like a two-hour perspective from Bill Murphy, my co-writer, and I just deep dove into how we wrote all the Meowie movies and, like, why we're insane. <laughs> just stuff like that, you know? Things that I think my fans would be interested in. So far, people are happy enough that it's... Stay consistent. It's not a huge hit, but I'm glad I'm doing it. Nice. Yeah, I found it and I posted it in the chat so people can click on it. Thank you. Yeah, uh, it's nope. um. I saw on your Internet Movie Data page. Uh, there's a movie called Dino Gore. Is that out yet, or is that on your page? Or that I just acted in that, and it was like a cameo that was made by Seb. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, so I'm not going to try. Uh, but look up Dino Gore. You can buy it from Justin Hubbard. Um, Seb is the one who made it, and it's a fun movie, but I'm only a cameo in it because I want it to be in one of like their movies. So I'm okay. a fan, like a super crazy guy. You act crazy? Nah. Yeah. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> I know you guys uh, co-write, co excuse me if I could talk, a lot of movies. How do you go along with the creative process? Do you kind of like take from each other? Or? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think it's a, little, a lot of back and forth. I'll admit Steve does a lot of the actual screenwriting. I like spitball ideas at him, and out of every eight or nine I give him, he picks like two. So, <laughs> um, but Still like, but I have very, yeah, and I have very like niche specialties. Like for example, in the Carousel movie, we needed somebody to hit on somebody with a bunch of like pizza puns. So that was my job. I made all the pizza puns. Or sometimes I'll also Those were great too, by the way. Play Never Have I Ever. Right. Thank you. Um, so, like, yeah, I have like little niche projects I get into in each script, but um, usually it's just me throwing ideas at him for what the characters are doing or jokes, and then he sees if we can fit them in. Yeah, as being a pizza worker for 10 years, <laughs> not anymore, <laughs> but I worked at pizza. I, I highly enjoyed that character in his part. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Do you guys uh, usually play in all your, um, probably at least most of your movies together? Do you write like your own character or does the other person write the other character? Um, and it's mostly, I'll, I'll be honest, it's mostly me in the driving seat of writing. Um, so it's me writing almost all the characters, you know, like Karis Hell, Aline will admit, even though she's the creator, like Karis Hell will not exist without her. She came up with the idea, she came up with the title, she came up with the general motivations. 75% of that script was me anyway. So, yes. um, 
And it's rarely a case of me writing for someone in mind. Like, I wasn't supposed to play Joe the fucking pizza guy. I got bullied into that. I didn't want to do that. So I just wrote a character that made me laugh a lot. And then everyone was like, you have to be this character. You know, when I wrote Ilsa, I wrote an evil Nazi villain. Um, that was, you know, <laughs> At least you didn't get bullied into playing that. But, okay. um, but then I got, you know, ins inspiration from, like, Ilsa, She Wolf of the SS, you know, like a just Nazi characters from like Rocketeer and stuff, like just took all pieces of that. And then only voice that she wanted to audition for. And she auditioned against other actresses. So the cinematographer yeah, and I picked who Elsa was since Elaine couldn't pick who Elsa was. <laughs> um, and then for other stuff, it just kind of depends. You know, like when I wrote Slasher Hunter, I wrote the Freddy parody with me in mind because I always do a Freddy impersonation. It's what I've been doing for years. It's fun. So I knew I was going to play that. Whereas like, Pete and Everyone Must Die wasn't written for me. But then when we were getting down to the wire, when it came to like, oh, I only had like $3,500 to make this whole movie, the co-writer and I at the time were like, oh, well, if you play this character and I play this character, we save $500. You know, we were paying people with like a low budget, but if we act, we don't have to pay ourselves. Um, the Meowie movies, I wrote that for me as Wally. Like I knew going into it, because those were supposed to be as cheap as possible. So of course I'm going to be the lead. And... I've always kind of wanted to play Ernest and Wally Griswold is my Ernest P. World. So, <laughs> nice. Yeah, the little mice pancake was a nice touch there. That was funny. Or rat. I'm sorry, not mice. Pancakes on parade. And yes, it is a rat. <laughs> so, um, also, uh, you did uh, Red Christmas or speaking of holiday ones. That was a good one. What was the inspiration for that to write uh, a female killer? I just think female villains are interesting. You know, I think part of that is growing up on, on you know, Tokusatsu, you know, Power Rangers, Super Sentai, uh, Hexadecimal reboot, just that, Black Arachne, and I just like lady villains. I think it's cool. It's interesting. So many horror villains are just men and dudes, so I want to be different. Um, at the time, I think uh, Elaine and I, we tried to raise money to do Carousel the first time, and it failed. Uh, so I was getting near the end of the year, and I was like, I still need something new to sell at conventions. What's really cheap to make? Oh, a found footage movie. Let's do that. And then it just kind of turned into a found footage Christmas movie only because I was like, oh, Red Christmas. That's probably, that's a good name for a horror film. I bet that exists because there's a white Christmas already. There's a black Christmas already. Wait, there's not a red Christmas? Well, I got to be the first guy to make this. And I was. So when that fucking motherfucker in Australia made a movie called Red Christmas, now it's called D. Snyder's Red Christmas forever. It can't just be Red Christmas because I came first. Yeah. <laughs> yep, I remember that. <laughs> but that was just like, we shot that at a weekend. It cost me like $500 to pay everyone and feed everyone and pay for the effects. And since it was like her, the actress shooting most of the movie herself in order... I had to barely edit it. It was like the easiest thing ever made. I hate found footage movies, though, so I don't really want to do it again. But God damn, was it easy. <laughs> now we need a green Christmas. We got all the other colors. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a title. It wouldn't really sound like a horror type thing. You wouldn't really expect it. Well, red, you'd associate with evil, whatever, but green. <laughs> Can the leprechaun come back for that one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like or Colin O'Grady. Yes. Yes. That's why it's a green Christmas. Perfect. Yes. The leprechaun could be the bad person. <laughs> exactly. 
Maybe he's just trying to have a good Christmas and bad things keep happening it's about, to him. <laughs> Karma it's from all the, the elves and the leprechaun. The elves and leprechaun battling. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> we always Where come up with all those little people, though. Come on. <laughs> I'll just stand in front of a green screen, make it look small. You know, that's all. Just yeah, put yeah, it yeah. That's all you need. Or we could Lord Farquaad it. Good. Got it. <laughs> Everybody on their knees with some little shoes. Welcome to. <laughs> no, 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 that's all. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> uh, for um, uh, Eileen, for in uh, Captain Z, how was it playing the demon? Uh, or oh, the last. <laughs> yeah, like I love being a villain. I love being a monster. So it was fun to wear a prosthetic. It was fun to be the only smart one in a crowd of uh, idiot accomplices. Uh, yeah. It happens frequently. When I'm a villain, um, I really it was like a Meow in general. Too. Yeah, same thing, same thing. You're the only smart villain in it, yeah. Generally speaking, yes, the the, the female villains are the smartest, right? Um, but no, it was a really good time. We ended up crashing a student's uh, senior photos during filming in full demon regalia. Um, I got to do stunts. It was really fun. I don't know. It was a blast. I I would not trade it for the world. It was my first like monster role and I loved it and I want to do more. Well, we hope to see you do more. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we got to get another movie going with you're the uh, villain monster thing. <laughs> Whatever. It's be covered in teeth, like head to toe teeth. Oh yeah, like the Channel Zero thing? Like the eyeball monster from Power Rangers, but teeth. Gotcha. <laughs> A teeth monster. There we go. <laughs> yeah, the only one I know of is there was some sort of creature like that on a uh, Channel Zero. I think it was called Channel Zero. It's just nothing but teeth. Yeah, <laughs> I'll have to check that out. There were there were different like stories or whatever. Channel Zero. Yeah, I think each season was like a different story. Like or a different like dimension. That. Yeah. Yeah, it was an interesting show. To check out there. Teeth monster. Oh yes, that is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I had to look up Teeth Monster, and there it was. Oh, wow. It popped right up on there. Oh, yeah. So, um, anything in the uh, works yet for Carousel 3, or not yet? Still, I mean, we have the basic story idea. I mean, we had a lot of the basic story idea when we were filming Carousel 1. And so when we were wrapping up Carousel 2, like, we actually shot a couple of scenes for Carousel 3 if we got to make Carousel 3. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we weren't planning on making it this year, no matter what. Right. And then I immediately got hired to make shingles, like less than six months after releasing Carousel 2. Didn't even get to take to any conventions yet. Didn't really have any screenings. <laughs> I was already in pre-production on shingles. I didn't get to I haven't enjoyed the release of Carousel 2 yet. Mm -hmm. um, but if we're able to kind of come together and write a script that we really believe in, then we'll launch a Kickstarter. We'll basically do the same thing for Carousel 2. Like, hey, here will be the conclusion to Duke's story arc, at least in terms of this specific arc of the Who Am I arc is what I'm calling it. Um, we need this amount of money. If we get it, we'll make it. Bada boom, no problem. And we have a basic plot idea. I have a lot of ideas. This is going to be one yep. that I super am excited to make. Uh, it is going to be my favorite Carousel, and I think it will be everyone else's least favorite Carousel. Um, I think it's gonna be great. I don't know about you. We already I have mean, a villain. <laughs> villains, arguably. Yes. Um, nice. But is I, it giant teeth? 
No. <laughs> I, wish, um, I wish it was a bag of food. <laughs> we definitely have some ideas that we can take a lot. We can take it to a lot of cool places, possibly. But yeah. I'm going to worry about finishing shingles first and right, getting shingles course. released. And then Aline and I will come together, work on an outline, and maybe try to write a script. And then if we like it, we'll try to make it. Maybe at the earliest, we'll shoot it next year. Uh, nice. So, yeah, I was going to yeah. say, I know you're just wrapping up shingles. Um, how did you get involved with that project? They reach out to you or uh, you heard yeah. about it? Oh, yeah, they absolutely reach out to me. Basically, they saw they do like a, a shitty movie Saturday. I don't know what it's actually called, but that's what I'm calling it, where they, they basically MST3K some crappy movie. Two of their fans both were like pushing, you guys got to watch your single. You guys got to watch your single. You guys got to watch your single. It was probably the worst episode of the shitty movie Saturday ever because they were just silent the whole time enjoying the film. Like they couldn't make fun of it. They were loving it. They loved the writing. They loved how like all the jokes actually built up. Like there was a setup and a punchline. It wasn't just random stuff. They loved the story. They loved the everything. So they had me on their podcast. And as we were talking, then they became impressed with how much it cost, how long it took to shoot, the fact that we did all this by ourselves. And apparently they've been wanting to make a shingles movie for a long time and they kind of all unanimously would maybe this is our guy maybe this is our opportunity so they after like a, a few weeks after that they reached back out to me and said hey look we want to make a shingles movie we've turned five of the books because there's five authors they turned five of the books into one screenplay and they're like how much will this cost here's the screenplay i read the screenplay and i was like okay it's gonna be really expensive because there's a lot of characters and originally the middle story was bigger than anything else like the middle story would have cost more than carousel one the middle story got changed but like i went back with this budget i explained how much i needed to get paid you know scott lewis needed to get paid bringing a lean on is like a line producer how much she gets paid um how much all the actors would cost an estimate of the food hotels effects locations everything and i expected a oh this is way too much money we can't afford this instead of just like no, yeah, this is more affordable than we were expecting. We can do this. I was like, okay. So we went back and forth on like what the middle story needed to be. They picked another book for the middle story, which like cut fifteen thousand dollars out of the budget, um, and they gave it to me. And I basically said, okay, I need to change some stuff to make this more filmable. So I didn't write the script, but I did edit the script a bit. You know, updated some lines, updated some characters. Um, added a few jokes, but not too much. It's mostly their script, like 90% their script. I just streamlined it because the first script was like over 220 pages. So and now it's like 115 or something like that. Um, but I went back again and they were all, yep, we're doing this. They did a Kickstarter with their fans and they have a fan base. They actually have a fan base. They have enough fans that they have their own convention every year. And their fans raised almost all the money and then the authors pull together the rest of the money themselves and they hired me as producer and director they really mm -hmm. listened to me like they really trusted me they said you know this world we don't so I, I ran everything past them but for the most part i was in charge creatively uh financially like the whole shebang this is a steve Rosinski movie except the script is theirs yeah, I was going to say, um, I wasn't sure how much of the script or, you know, the editing or whatever he did. I was going to say, because each uh, story in the anthology of the movie, I know is going to be based on one book itself. Uh, how much of a challenge is it to what to cut out and what to keep in to uh, have the story still make sense? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's definitely a thing. And that was mostly, you know, like they took five books and turned it into one screenplay. And like we read the books after the fact and they cut a lot out. Like I knew, like, put your hand on my ass, you meet the mom, the dad, the sister. He goes to like multiple places to perform. And in the movie, you only meet, uh, I'm sorry, you only meet dad and him with the puppet. And that's it. You don't meet the rest of the family. He has two performances, but the core of the story is still there. The themes are still there and the idea is still there. Or like Aline, you read you read Just Say No, and I actually didn't read that one before we got it. So what were the differences with that one? Uh, I know in Just Say Gnome, in the movie, it's just Dusty the Gnome and and Buick and a few kills and things along the way. But in the book, like Dusty was lonely and wanted a companion. So the, the woman who brought him to life brings him a wife to life and he hates her. And then he ends up like killing the wife off and all these things that happen with this other character that doesn't even exist in the movie treatment for the story. Um, still the same idea, still the same raunchy comedy stuff, but uh, definitely very different at the end. Interesting. I, I brought it up on the website here, uh, Shingles the movie, uh, where it like, tells which ones there are. Um, yeah. If it's all right, I'll just read a, uh, like the little sentence about each one. And I know we can't say too much about it. We don't want to know too much, but like any experience right. of filming that. They haven't there. told me I can't say anything, so I'll spoil the shit out of everything. I don't care. <laughs> No NDAs. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Mostly just behind the scenes questions, you know. Um, so uh, let me see here. Uh, laugh, score, entirely inappropriate situations. We want to capture the shingles magic, and it's all its sticky, uncomfortable glory. Fisting pumpkins. Or fisting pumpkins. Woo, not pumpkins. That's uh, something new there. Puppets. Fisting puppets, not pumpkins. <laughs> Now, if I could read, uh, cocaine murder gnomes and zombie dildo fights are all on the table. Um, so the five stories that it's going to be the legend of Jimmy Headshot, a big talking gamer tries to live up to his own hype when zombies invade. So I'm assuming an online gamer likes to play zombie games and uh, kind of apocalypse thing going on. Yeah, he's an asshole that fucked your mom. And that's and he's a piece of shit. But when zombies attack, he becomes super excited that he gets to kill things legally, basically. Pretty much all of what we would like to the, in the zombie uh, apocalypse. First time I've ever done anything zombie based. You know, most filmmakers in Pittsburgh, that's what they start with, like a zombie short at least or something. It's like everyone's dream. Never cared about doing zombie stuff because everyone else does zombie stuff. I this is me doing zombie stuff for the first time. So we got we did a lot of fun stuff with it. We went Return of the Living Dead in terms of style for the zombies. Um, Old. <laughs> well, and also like more fantastical, you know, like it's not like true, true. it's on reality. It's not like, oh, these these just happen as an infection. Like, no, like from the grave rotted zombies yeah. and stuff. So. Okay. Uh, next one, uh, put your hand in my ass, which we already talked a little bit about that, but I'll just say, follow the adventures of Sloppy. That's why I say it reminded me of Goosebumps uh, Slappy, so Sloppy. Mm -hmm. uh, the sexual deviant puppet as he seeks fame at any cost. Yes. So, so uh, a horny puppet in this one, I guess? <laughs> uh, he's not horny. No, he's just a, he's a manipulator. Okay. Uh, you know, he also wants to be popular and famous and he meets this kid uh well this guy so in so in the original original screenplay all the lead characters were like 12 and i was like first of all i'm never working with kids again 
and it, it says no. Warriors Hell One because that was a fucking nightmare. I'll use kids for a scene or something, no problem, but not as Lee's for an entire film because that's too difficult between insurance, between hours, just the whole shebang. And two, there's a lot of like sexual language and sexual situations in the script. And I'm okay with that. Like I like dark humor. I like over the top humor. I'm not a prude, but I don't want to do that with literal children. So I basically talk them into like, can we at least up the ages to like 16? So that way they're still kids, but I can actually hire adults. Right. So they were okay with that. <laughs> That's completely understandable. I would be right there with you. Yeah. On that. So, so we got sloppy meeting this kid and is like finding his in and is able to kind of manipulate this kid and pretend to be his friend and see where that takes them and how it goes wrong for Will. Then we got uh, Just Say No, Meet Dusty, the cocaine shitting gnome. Can this trailer park murder spree be brought to, uh, be brought to an end? I, I guess it meant brought to an end. I guess that's a typo there. But uh, at, from the poster, I was almost thinking Revenge of the Lawn Gnomes. Uh, but it shits cocaine. Uh, that's interesting. <laughs> yes. Dusty, uh, he was a... Um, so there was a bunch of gnomes filled with cocaine that were being used to smuggle cocaine. Um, cops showed up, shot the drug dealers, were transporting the gnomes, but one fell off the truck. And Madame Wanda, who may be a being of magic or maybe technology, we don't know, uh, she basically picks up Dusty and brings him to life. Um, where, you know, because she wants, and as he's brought to life, the cocaine in his system becomes part of his body. So he shits cocaine. And she has sex with him, of course. Uh, but eventually, Dusty gets away from her and is found by Buick, you know, this young, naive, sweet girl who has a lot of money problems. You know, she's poor, she lives in a trailer park, he's a terrible father, and they form a business relationship where he makes the drugs and she sells the drugs. But he has a secret in the sense that the only way he's able to shit the cocaine is if he eats. And the only thing he can eat is human flesh. Interesting. Is this uh, the gnome? Yes. Uh, this is one of six or seven Dusties that were made for the film, so... Uh... You get a first look at nice. he's on the poster too, but yeah, he's a, he's a fun uh, screen partner to work with. Uh, so then we got Slaughter at Giggle Time Mountain, a sleepy nope. evil. Oh, that That's was the A script, yeah. The A script that was the script that would have been extremely expensive and we couldn't do, so it's no longer Slaughter at Giggle Time Mountain, which was a great story. We could make Slaughter at Giggle Time Mountain a feature all on its own with like how many characters and how many kills and like the scope of it. It was, it was in an amusement park. There was like, there was like a, a supernatural slasher that came back to life at the exact same time. Three human slashers were coming to this park to kill people. So it's like a clash between two villains with all these innocent people in the middle. Love the script, honestly. Love the book, love the story. Couldn't afford it. Okay. So that has been replaced with Aliens Wrecked Arcade. Okay, so uh, what's that one about? Then? Haley's Rector Kegger is pretty much what it sounds like. Couple college guys are, you know, throwing their a kegger, they're throwing a party. It's very important to Clyde. Every single year, Omicron Pi has the biggest party of the year. Two aliens show up and kidnap Clyde's brother. Clyde doesn't even know they're aliens, but he's chasing them down and teleported up to the ship. Once they all realize they're aliens, the aliens are like, well, we can't let you go because you're going to tell the government. Uh, we can't trust you. So they have, they agree to a competition of beer Olympics. 
because it turns out these aliens are partiers. They go from planet to planet to party as hard as they can. So it's these humans at the school try to their freedom by seeing who can drink alcohol the best. <laughs> also, kind of like the Amish when they're set free, they're like aliens set free. Oh, rum string, yeah. Rum string, yeah. <laughs> There we go. Except it's an alien room stream. <laughs> Whatever. Um, yes. And then uh, Zombies Ain't My Homework is one of them. Right? Yes. Okay. Uh, the action-packed finale that pits teenage jerks against zombies with a little help from the Hello Titty Sex Shop Emporium. <laughs> yeah. So an interesting thing is that, um, so I forget the last names because I've been referring to them for their first names this entire time working on the film. So The Legend of Jimmy Headshot is a book about zombies written by Rick. Aliens Ain't My... I'm sorry, Zombies Ain't My Homework is a book about zombies written by John. They aren't related. They have nothing to do with each other. But for the sake of the movie and the screenplay to streamline it, Jimmy Headshot is the lead of both of those stories. Okay. So it's a... The aliens Ain't My Homework... Why the fuck do I keep saying that? Because that was the book about aliens. Yeah. yeah. Um, zombies Ain't My Homework is... Um, very different in that sense. Instead of being about the characters from the book, it's about Jimmy again, except in this new situation in this new place. Um, that being said, we took elements from that a little bit more, you know, like the Hello Kitty sex shop is where the wraparound takes place. These kids are around a fire telling each other these stories of what happened to them. So Hello Kitty's in the entire movie since we couldn't do the book as direct as like the other stories. Right. So we try to that was the challenge of like as a creator is like what's the balance here how much of this what are the fans gonna fucking think of this between the filter of the author's script then my filter then the filter of the actors like <laughs> what distilled version of the stories is this gonna be i hope it's good enough that people <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, uh, I forget if it was last week or the week before, someone was um, mentioned uh, the actual dildo from that episode. I guess it's sold off. I'm assuming it was used as a weapon. I forget. We, what was that joke we had? Boom. I remember they were saying uh, there was that funny joke of calling it something dildo. What? I can't remember. I honestly do not remember what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, but no, I guess so. That's kind of, it kind of remind me of... Um, Oh, what's that movie where they use the dildo as a weapon? Deathgasm? Thank you. There we go. <laughs> so a little deathgasm going on in that, huh? Well, there's a lot of dildos used as weapons. You know, the zombies show up and the only place nearby, anywhere nearby is the sex shop. So he turns the sex shop into a weapon. He has a bandolier of dicks. <laughs> he makes uh, nun fucks, which is two dildos on a chain. Aline made that prop. Uh, it was right because it was from the book and it was from the script and someone bought them via like the crowdfunding so like there's no way around having this space so thank you Aline, for figuring out how to fucking do that <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah they're pretty sturdy too surprisingly and uh getting hit by a dildo nunchuck hurts <laughs> oh well who knows someone <laughs> someone might enjoy that i don't know <laughs> oh somewhere out there there's something for everybody right yeah. there's a, everything's out there some stuff i don't even want to know <laughs> <laughs> my question is this sex shop does this like place like actually exists by that no. title no okay uh, <laughs> i was like that's a pretty amazing title <laughs> Hello, no. uh, a few of the locations that the authors use in the series 
uh, reoccur in several books. And I think Hello Titty is an established store in a few stories from what I understand. So they wanted to make sure it was like in the film. Um, so that's pretty cool that they have like in universe uh, brands, stores, products, I think restaurants in universe that like are in similar stories. So we're, we're sort of world building the whole shingles world here. Nice. Yeah, just so amazing. I was like, that's amazing title for six places. So I wonder if it was actually real or not. <laughs> like, uh, I have to go by that store, take a picture. <laughs> yeah, we have one here in town, but it's just called Shockwave. It's like not that big of a deal. Sex Shop near us is like just called Sex Shop. Like, it's <laughs> just called, yeah, it's just like Adult Store or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Adult Store. <laughs> Adult store or toy box? That's the only <laughs> title. There's no original names for them. Lion's Den. Lion's Den's pretty cool because, yeah, Lion's That's Den. Sex. Oh. Not near here then, but yeah. Um, out of um, all of those episodes there, uh, which one was um, the most challenging for you? Was it the zombie one since you said that was your first uh, time doing zombies? Um. I'll answer first, Elaine. Uh, for me, sure. it was Aliens Rector Kegger because it had the <laughs> most named characters. Because uh, there was a bunch of aliens, there were a bunch of other like classmates. They were called the Tonys. Like the one of the gags is that everyone at this frat house is called Tony, except they have a different like adjective, like hot Tony or tall Tony or smooth Tony. <laughs> Too um, handsome Tony. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> and then I also acted in that one. Uh, just because I really like the character of Clyde. You know, he's a neurotic, super anxious person, and that's kind of the character I play. So it's been a while since I played a lead in, like, a bigger production. So I was like, okay, I'll do this, because I only have to act for three days out of the 14. It's not like I'm a lead the whole time, which I hate. But being a lead for three days, I can handle that. But it still added a lot of stress. And it was also a shoot where we had, like, three different locations, which isn't the only time we had that on the shoot. But it just... It's just like stacked on top of each other. Um, we did have a second unit for that shoot, uh, which both made things easier, but also brought on its own challenges. And it was a lot. So Aliens Rector Kegger for me was definitely the most stressful part of the film. What about you, Elite? If we're going just based on like which segment was the most difficult or stressful, I mean, I had a great time pretty much the whole time, but... Uh, it could be the first zombie segment only because that was the hottest day. I know we were out in the sun and it was like, I don't know, 80 some degrees and we're in zombie suits. So that was a little tricky. But Just Say Gnome was probably the hardest to piece together because it, it was raining on and off. It rainstorming. We were in these two tiny trailers, like camper trailers that were real tight. So it's hard to get a lot of crew in there. Um, a lot of restrictions on like where we could go on the campgrounds and how fast we could drive and stuff like that. So <laughs> that's probably the most difficult because it also had several locations. But I, honestly, like nothing was so terrible, you know. Yes, I just remembered the the dildo thing because I instead of saying nunchucks, I said numb chucks. Or nunchucks. I said numchucks. I called it that. So they were all laughing at me because I called them numchucks. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I mean, use them yeah. enough on somebody, they might end up numb in the end. I don't know. <laughs> in the end. They're covered, with, they're covered with that numbing lubricant. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> 
just don't mistake it for toothpaste <laughs> be like jar jar binks when he's like don't get your tongue there it'd be numb for hours let's go oh that's funny uh, <laughs> um all right so for the um you said the most challenging one what was your favorite special effect in the stories um my favorite special effect i mean it was barely compared to all the like amazing custom stuff that cody made this doesn't compare for my favorite because it made me laugh the most was when cody actually brought back a puppet from carousel 2 and we shoved oh. the dill in the mouth and he just kept on moving it around and i just kept i was crying laughing um there's probably better options for actual custom effects that he did because he did a lot of great stuff with like the zombies and a lot of great kills but no that one's my favorite that one's my favorite <laughs> i'm trying to think there there's a lot of good stuff i think there's like a um like a really simple like torn arm like where somebody's arm comes off gag that i just thought looked pretty cool and it was really fun to shoot um a lot of the zombie stuff probably the zombie puppets that we have in the zombie suits that were made for this movie are really cool so i think i look forward most to people like seeing those and seeing them move and animate it's pretty neat so um what'd you use uh for the cocaine effect for the gnome shitting cocaine <laughs> well first of all like powder sugar has the exact same consistency as real cocaine so mm -hmm. Most of the time, whenever you see cocaine in a movie, they're using powdered sugar. Um, the process of doing it was mostly a lean, um, just yeah, blowing through a hose. Yeah, he loaded up. He Cody had made a version of Busky here that has his you know his pants pulled down, ready to go, and uh, it just has a feed line of like aquarium tubing connected to a syringe for air, and then you load it with powdered sugar and just like. <laughs> squirt that baby out and uh it was funny because as the powdered sugar would come out it would make like little clouds so it was like a cocaine cloud would form around him um but it, it, was, it was interesting it was really fun to see it on uh know what how we did it and then look at it on our shot and like see it in action and see how it's going to be portrayed once uh once we cut everything together it's hilarious I can just imagine just <laughs> yeah. sugar cane. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh let's see. Someone Cinderwell. Um just the name I'm laughing at Cinderwell. Uh, who would win a one versus one teenage mutant ninja turtles fighters on Sega Genesis, Steve or Steven? Um, well, I am terrible at that game. Um, I couldn't even beat the first CPU level. Uh, however, I don't know how much experience Steven has. I'll kick your ass as Leonardo. Okay. Um, so in that sense, Steven may take, take this match. So, yep, I'll take that one. It's <laughs> an interesting off-the-wall question there. I like well, off-the-wall. Yeah. It definitely make interesting. <laughs> uh, well, since you're not good at that video game, what other video games, uh, any of them that you might be a champion of? <laughs> I don't know. It depends. You know, like I sometimes am very good at Tekken. Uh, that was always kind of my fighting game growing up. I, I love go playing as Eddie. 
Um, I'm big on using um, Lee, um, Hayachi's adopted son. That's who I use the most, uh, also known as Violet. I go back and forth on the Mortal Kombat franchise games. Like I, I'm not very good in Mortal Kombat 10 or 11, but I'm very good at Injustice 1 and 2. I'm very good in Mortal Kombat 1, but not very good at Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3. Um, and Street Fighter, uh, if I'm Ken, I'll do a great job. If I'm anyone else, I have no idea what buttons are. Same. I, I have, um, I think all the ones with horror characters. I know I have 11. I don't think that, did that one have horror characters? I don't remember, but I have 11. Have, and, uh, and the Terminator, which honestly made oh, me right. buy because I wanted RoboCop in a fighting game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, there's one that has Jason. I think that's yeah. either 9 or 10. 10. And, and I was streaming it one time. And all I basically do is just slap buttons. I don't yeah. know what does what. And somebody <laughs> made a comment. I've never seen Jason jump around so much. I was like, well, when I'm playing, <laughs> that's what he does. <laughs> Jason does I, I'm trying to figure out the Jason drop through the fucking trees in front of dudes. Jason jumps. We just don't see it. <laughs> yeah he's just, just jumping all over the place i just smash buttons i just i don't know i can't remember like the combos and whatnot <laughs> what was the blood code it was like up down left right a uppercut whenever <laughs> to get the blood code or something or a b a b a c <laughs> there were some different fatalities yeah, yeah. that was fun and that's what pretty much what I would do. Like whenever it says finish him, like when I first learned about the fatalities, like I would just hit the bag button and eventually they might rip off their head or rip out their heart or something. I'm like, ah, oh, that's how you do that. Okay. Mortal Kombat 1 Scorpion block up, up from sweep distance, baby. I'll remember that forever. <laughs> I never did get that guy. And when they were fighting in the woods and all of a sudden that guy, I guess it was like probably one of the programmers or something. He come across and he go, toasty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the <upper> <laughs> Uh, I have Cheetah Will Views here. He said hello to both of you. Hey, hello, Cheetah. You know him. <laughs> um, fighting game wise, for me, I think my favorite series is Soul Calibur. Um, I am shit at most other series. Uh, I'll pick one character in every game and I will learn how to play just that character. Like uh, Tekken's what, Kasumi? Mm hmm. Yeah, uh, and then and then that's kind of it. Um, but I really love balloon fight on the NES. I will knock anybody out in balloon fight. It's like one of the original versus games outside of like Pong. And uh, you know you don't have to do anything. You just have to float around and pop each other's balloons. It's great. <laughs> that sounds amazing. It's really fun. I never got big into gaming until probably in the last couple of years we got a playstation 4 so i got then i got hooked into gta and uh, red dead redemption those are my main games but like all my friends got ps5s i'm still a four so now i don't have people to play with <laughs> uh, uh, queen fan wants to know steve uh when will you be playing uh spider-man again um when it comes to like fan films probably never i only made a few of those uh, just because I know that it got more looks on my YouTube page because nobody cares about original films. They care about characters <laughs> they already know. Um, when it comes to my Marvel gigs, I honestly don't know. The pandemic slowed things down in a big way. Um, just I don't know how much of it is that clients can't afford it. I don't know how much of it is Marvel is overcharging. And I don't know how much of it is just the clients know that people were stuck in their house for basically a year and a half, two years, and they don't need to pay thousands of dollars to get Marvel characters to show up to get people to come to their events. 
But regardless, I've only done like two Spider-Man gigs and one Make-A-Wish since January 2020. Um, so I don't know what the next one is. I honestly don't. Usually at this point, I'd know if I had something else in August. I don't have anything else in August. I don't know if something's going to come up this fall or the winter. I don't know. But, you know, anyone that pays me, I'll put on that spandex. So keep that in mind, Queen. <laughs> uh, he Queen also said, Eileen, uh, I saw the live stream before this one and saw that you have a Jimmy Jack skeleton animatronic. I have that one as well. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Uh, yeah, he's one of three large animatronic Halloween props I have now. Uh, I can't, I, I have to stop. I have nowhere to put them. Um, but we started with Jack Skellington. Uh, I now have Sam from Trick or Treat and a seven foot tall man-eating Venus flytrap plant that talks to me. I had uh, such a time sourcing that one. Um, I saw that they released a Sally. I'm waiting for them to do something crazy, like a, a monstrous Oogie Boogie to go with everything. But uh, I, there's just nowhere to put him. He usually just has to hide back in the corner. So. <laughs> More importantly, though, I have a six-foot animatronic Santa Claus. Yes, I did help you find a Santa. And was literally my dream come true. I'm a big Christmas fan, as everyone knows. I'm a big fan of, like, classic Santa Claus. Like, there's just something special and nostalgic and about the theme and just the idea of what Santa Claus personifies and stuff. And so when I saw him, like, his head moves, his body moves, his mouth moves, he sings, he talks. When I saw him, I was like, that's a $600 animatronic here at Home Depot. And that's a fair price for like what he does and how good he looks, like his costume's good, his face looks good, everything looks good. And then we got closer and the price was only 300 and I was like, how oh, fuck is this $300? More than that. Uh, so I have to and it's the, my greatest, my greatest treasure. It sounds amazing. <laughs> right here, whenever it's November 1st. As she's taking down her Halloween decorations slowly, Sam's right. like, ho, 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 ho. Yeah, he's not late, man. November 1st, like midnight on Halloween, he's like tearing stuff down. I, I get, but I, I get to start Halloween at like the end of August, so it's fair. Oh, Queen says, uh, Aline, I have 10 animatronics and Home, it says Hope, but I think they mean Home. Oh, home, Depot, home yeah. Depot will be selling an Oogie Boogie animatronic this year. Nice. I'll look it up. I know uh, there's a weird um, Black Friday style sale they have in July every year. And if you don't buy the new stuff, then you'll never get it. So I'll take a look. Nice. I did not know about that, but yeah. I also can't afford animatronics. So. Yeah. <laughs> that meme of that kid that's like holding a fart or whatever it is, like with all of his veins bulging. And I just want to be like every single time you go into Home Depot waiting for Christmas stuff to be sold. Like I was trying to have come on. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the hot tip, Queen. I'll check it out. Those sound amazing. I want a couple. Just put them out and just psych people out with them. <laughs> What's the other ones? Um, like you know the screens or whatever that you can show through the wall and have like different movies. Mm. And stuff. I, I have that. Movies. We freaked out our neighbors across the street because <laughs> <laughs> we have a two-story house, and I hurt my legs. So it's hard for me to get up downstairs. So we pretty much moved our uh, bedroom down to the living room, so I don't have to keep going up and down the stairs. So our bedroom upstairs, we put just a white sheet it was just like a tablecloth we got from the dollar tree so it was like a dollar and we got a projector the one that has that you buy that has the special 
like Halloween stuff on it. And we had zombies like clawing at the, <laughs> at the window. And our teenage neighbor across the street said she came home one night and saw it and scared the crap out of her. Good. <laughs> but yeah, we had tons of people stopping and like taking pictures with our stuff and standing mm -hmm. and watch. It was cool. This first time we really had it going was uh, this past Halloween. So it was a hit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty so, awesome. Uh, so, Steve, since you got that uh, six-foot animatronic there, you plan on doing, like, any uh, Christmas movies with it or any ideas that you might I'm not with the animatronic, you know? Like, I don't, I don't own the license to that voice, you know? I don't want to, like, risk a legal oh. situation. Oh, yeah, that's true. I have people that I can actually dress as Santa Claus. I don't need to use yeah. the animatronic. <laughs> no, that's right. And think of that. Yeah, the voice. Um, if I may spend $200 to make a garbage direct to streaming movie this year if no one beats me to it if, if it doesn't happen uh that's telling me that i need to do it and that is um well, how did i call it a um uh, an amityville christmas oh yeah nice <laughs> we made amityville thanksgiving or something like that i'm like who the fuck if this if no one makes this i'm gonna make this it's gonna be not horror at all <laughs> no, I don't know. family christmas film that's and i'm gonna use b-roll of that fucking house and that's it <laughs> just like lure them in oh my god it's amityville this is gonna be awesome <laughs> what, what the fuck is this what am i watching <laughs> i think most people that click on amityville anything on tubi know it's not gonna be awesome so i don't feel bad about that <laughs> that's true he does i don't know what the Fuck that is. Give me more information. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the thing they do every year. Uh, it's different. Uh, I don't know what he's going to throw in. Uh, Hobbs, he's still in here. Let's see it. Uh, he got fined for his decorations. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get the bacon corn pumpkin, though. I'm confused by that. <laughs> There's a lot of breakfast going on in the chat right now, and I'm so confused. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get the pumpkin and the donuts. That's something earlier, but I don't get the whole bacon. <laughs> that's that's something new. I mean, my nickname has been Pancakes for a very long time. So every time the pancakes pop up, I just pretend it's for me. I Obviously, cornbread with bacon bits in the cornbread covered oh, yeah. in spice seasoning. Only at IHOP. That's disgusting. Oh. I'm sure someone will make that. <laughs> Yeah, mix, mix it all together. Yep. <laughs> I guess we'll wait for that to uh, uh, go on. I haven't got to talk to Steve before he came on before I joined, yeah. but um, on the Meowie movies, the Christmas Vacation, I believe it was. You did some wrestling on that. Have you done wrestling in the past? Uh, the direct answer is no, but with an asterisk. Uh, you know, I do the Spider-Man gigs with Marvel Live, and a Sometimes that's just a meet and greet at like a location where you're just meeting kids, taking a picture, and that's it. Other times it's a show, whether it's on stage or an arena. So when we do those shows, it's basically a wrestling event. Like we pre-choreograph what we're doing. We're doing mostly wrestling moves. I'm taking wrestling bumps. Like we're doing DDTs, you know, V-triggers, that sort of thing. So in that sense, I'm experienced more than someone that's never done any of that stuff, but it's still different. I'm not a wrestler. I That was the first time I got into a ring, was for me on Christmas vacation. I loved it. If I ever had free time, I would legitimately go to wrestling school and be an indie wrestler, because I love her wrestling, and it was really, A, it's really, really fun to do it as Spider-Man, you know, with the crowd cheering and, like, working them and, like, 
Marvel lets me write scripts a lot, so I, I'm able to like have Green Goblin really heal it up, and I'm able to have Spider-Man like really be the face, and it works. I love playing the crowd, and then doing it in the ring felt like a fucking bed compared to what I have to land on to Spider-Man. So that was really nice, like getting slammed down and suplexed. I was like, this is nothing like compared to this. Right, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to do that more often. We'll see what the future holds of that. No promises either way. It's something I'd like to do, but at the same time, I have other responsibilities. I have other entertainment jobs that takes my focus. Um, but my money and my money, and everyone already bought into Meowie 1 and 2. I was like, I can do whatever I want, and no one can stop me. And it's supposed to be the last one. So I was like, I want this to be a climax, but I don't want it to be like a brutal fight, because this is still meant for kids. So what could be like a fight between Wally and this alien that would be silly enough that it's still kids appropriate? Oh, pro wrestling. You know, we just do those big moves and they look great and it's fun. So I really, really glad I was able to do that. Cinder Wild asks, uh, what would your wrestling persona be if you did one? Um, that is a toss-up between either being the thirst trap, because I was voted as the top male thirst trap of Pittsburgh, and I have a championship belt for that, and I would just play that up. Um, or it would be literally like the director or Cinema Steve and play up the whole indie filmmaker aspect of it and kind of play it Andy Kaufman, I'm from California and I'm better than you, or like uh, the Miz, or like he's I'm, I'm super like into the fact that I'm a big entertainer, I'm not a wrestler, but also sell it as just like, um, I have ramen a lot this weekend. If filmmaking doesn't pay much, please come to my booth and buy my movie. Please, for the love of God, I need to buy groceries this weekend. Just super realistically talk about like the finances of indie filmmaking while still playing it up like, yeah, I'm a director. <laughs> uh, I think Cinema Steve said that my finisher could be the director's cut and it could be a cutter. Nice. Or That's if I do it, the top, director's that would be the final cut. I'll save that for the big championship match. <laughs> That sounds amazing. <laughs> sounds like you've been planning it for a while. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Let's make your own wrestling movie. The, the, the director's cut. <laughs> I had thought about doing a wrestling movie, but I couldn't come up with an idea of what would be a feature. Like, I had one wrestling movie idea where the idea is just, like, everything in the company is real. Like, it's not a fake story. But the promoter has to keep acting like wrestling's fake so that it doesn't get fucking arrested. Because <laughs> of like insane shit happening in the company. Like assaults and like supernatural shit and like people trying to get murdered. He has to be like, oh yeah, it's wrestling. But like they're trying to murder each other. Right. Like, that's like a five minute skit. Like, how do I make 90 minutes out of that? Yeah. Let's see. Uh, for shingles, did you use any of your troop actors? Have Cheetah will be who wants to know. I want to take this one away. I was talking a lot about wrestling and I feel bad. No, that's fine. You could go. Uh, troop actors. Just meaning like people who. People we usually work with. Generally work with. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know um, Ben Deedles from BPO Films is back as one of the kids. He had the best audition for Will. Uh, so he's hilarious. His ad libs alone were like breaking everybody on off off camera. We were all like dying, rolling on the floor. Um, let me see. Rebecca Reinhardt, who you may remember from Carousel Two as uh, one of the other Nazis, is back in a in a role as Mrs. Black, one of the people Buick interacts with in Just Say No. Hmm. There's got to be somebody else I'm thinking of, or missing. 
There's a lot of new people this time around, to be honest. We auditioned and met a lot of really great new people, new new talent. So you'll see a few familiar faces, but a lot of new talent as well. Uh, Blake O'Donnell, who played Blake. Larry in the Maui films, is back in Shingles. He plays one of the aliens. And he made me break character harder than I've ever broken character on a film before. There was multiple times that I just fell over on the floor laughing and crying because he was so fucking funny. <laughs> um, do you think if uh, if Shingles does well enough, do you think it's a possibility it could become a series? Maybe like there could be longer uh, episodes. I mean, that's up to the that's up to the authors and dragons. At the end of the day, like, I can't even predict that. I can't even guess to that uh, because, like, like Shingles the movie has a pretty big budget because it has a lot of characters, it has a lot of locations, but it doesn't really have a name actor. So I don't know how well it would do if it got picked up by a distributor or like on streaming services. Like if it, it might, if it's a huge hit on streaming services, that alone still won't make Shingles money back. You know, we've mm -hmm. talked about how shitty streaming services pay in the previous episodes. Right. Um, but like, if they sell enough copies, if they get enough press, if enough people like it, and also they're using this basically as a form of advertisement for the book series. You know, that's that's what I think is going to make Shingles a success for them is that they are just trying to make their money back with the movie. They're using the movie to sell books, to introduce people to their podcast, to introduce people to their conventions, to introduce people to their other series. And if enough people buy into that and they consider the film a success, uh, they might want to do Shingles too. They have enough fucking books to use. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then I don't know what their vision of the feature is. Would a Shingles 2 be maybe just one book made into a feature, or would they do the same basic setup as Shingles 1, where it's an anthology with you know people telling the stories around a campfire? Would they want to do something where it's like a digital series, where they do like a 20, 30-minute episode for a book and do it that way? I think that would be a terrible idea, personally, because uh, <laughs> it's so hard to sell that sort of thing. But like, I don't know. It's their baby. They just handed it to me, and I held the baby like this awkwardly for months. <laughs> right. Um, but if they do do the sequel, I think it's possible. Um, I don't know. I hope that they like what I did so that they bring me back, though. And I hope that they at least like um, quality, my efficiency, and my passion for making this sort of stuff. So they seem very happy when they were on set. They seem very happy with what we've been doing. They've been seem very happy with the marketing. Hopefully they just like the final product. That's the last question mark. I don't remember if we've said yet or not, but when's that come out? Uh, we're no date. No date. Okay. Uh, I told them it'll be out. We'll have a final cut before the end of the year. I and Scott Lewis, the editor, were aiming for October or November, 2022. But when they released it, it's kind of up to them. Like, I don't know what their plan is. Basically, I told them, like, I'll make your, I'll offer your first DVD. I'll offer your first Blu-ray. I'll give them to you. I'll set it up on Kanaki. So if you want to order from there, you can order from there. But when it comes to selling, when it comes to release, that's all, that's all that. Like, once I pass this movie, the only thing that's in my contract is that several months after they first start selling it, I can put it on Steve Buster. Otherwise, the release is all them. I don't know if we're going through distribution. I don't know if there's some distributing. You know, like there's five of them. That's the thing too. Like it's not just I'm talking to one guy with money. It's five creators that are also giving another creator their movie, and now they need to make their own decisions in this world that they aren't part of. So I'm giving them my advice. I'm giving them my thoughts. They're called. Gotcha. Definitely something to look for. I've never heard of the 
you know books and stuff before but it sounds amazing yeah. like i said i just now i'm going to start reading them soon shortly just to see what they're like hey, <laughs> Uh, let's see. Um, oh, okay, he came in late. Was saying any news on Duke he can share? But <laughs> okay, well, uh, Duke came back in a Mallory Dark timeline as well. You know, the Buster Doc exclusive series. It explores the time of events on Earth One between Mallory Three and Four when it was the timeline. It also answers questions of where the Silver Spotlight film characters were during that because they're all on the same planet. So you actually get to see more Duke. In a Meowie yeah. timeline, but it's an ultimate that yeah. timeline race that Meowie before. But if you want to look right now, Meowie Dark Timeline is your place to go. He's in episode one and episode three. Um, and since you got here, like I already said to Steven and Miss Boomstick, we're looking at the plot of Carousel 3, but we're worrying about making shingles, finishing shingles, releasing shingles, and then maybe we can do a crowdfunder for Carousel 3 next year. And Buckle up. That's all I'm going to say. Buckle up. It's going to be a, a dawn of justice. Yeah. And I like how you sprinkle like little like Easter eggs throughout. I was like, I never noticed it when I first watched Carousel. <laughs> but then I was watching Meowie and here comes like uh, the cowboy dude. And yeah. <laughs> then I noticed that there was like the bottles of alcohol with the pirate yeah. guy on it. And <laughs> yeah. I didn't notice it till this time. It was like first time I watched it, I didn't notice it. And the second time I was like, oh, that's from this other movie. <laughs> we like, Elaine and I, we like doing that stuff in a way that you don't need to see the other stuff to get the jokes. But they're there. Like it all exists. Same world, but it's not, it's not like the fucking MCU where you need to watch 20 movies to understand the new Doctor Strange movie or anything. It's just like, oh, Happy Seeds exists somewhere here. Like, oh, Axe from the Slasher Hunter is also here. But it doesn't matter. You don't have to know the Slasher Hunter. You don't have to know Axe. But if you do, you're like, that's fucking Axe! Like, yeah, they all still exist together. Now you make one and make the little pony things uh, come to life. Have your own little pony Oh, I mean, we could totally do my tiny uni. Absolutely. Oh yeah, t-shirts. So why not a why not an animated series? Yeah. yeah well, I, Easter eggs. I will be Super Task Force takes place on Earth two, and she takes place on Earth three. So there is no cameos, shingles, or anything like that. Shingles is a separate universe. But it is the multiverse. Hyper time, baby. So like, there is actually a, uh, some references. To the other films, but not all. Nice. <laughs> they all coexist and don't even realize it. <laughs> yes. I mean, I hey, the Flash they just I don't know. Yeah, you was echoing kind of bad there. I didn't quite. Hear. Sometimes you kind of echo real bad and it kind of cut out. So uh, oh, I wish you would have said. Hold on. <laughs> Um, I just said maybe the Flash will combine the worlds of Super Task Force and Shingles. I don't know. Warner Brothers pays me. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, Have Cheetable View says Meowie is the best movie title ever. <laughs> Goddamn right it is. <laughs> so how'd you come up with Meowie? <laughs> just Meowie. Yeah. Uh, well, so Bill Murphy and I, we had a podcast called Movie Films with Bill and Steve. It's still on SoundCloud and stuff. We just haven't done it in a couple of years. We did it for like six years. We're like, okay, we're done. Um, and Aline suggested us to watch some talking animal movies. So we started 
And there was a, you know, like there was a good one. You know, like the Three Dogateers was hilarious. That was a late suggestion. It was self-aware. It was fun. Uh, but then Bill and I started watching the Dog Who Saved series because, like, the Dog Who Saved Christmas, the Dog Who Saved Halloween, and I kept on getting angrier and angrier because these are six-figure fucking movies, and they were so milk toast, boring garbage, and I hated them. I hated them so much. I was getting so mad because they had so much money and so many resources, and they couldn't fucking do anything with them. Uh, so I said, fuck it. I got $500 and a cat. We're going to make our own talking animal holiday movie. And then I think my friend Justin Geneva, he said, you should call it a Meow Christmas. I'm like, no fucking way. No one has made, no one has not made a movie called a Meow Christmas. Like that's on every t-shirt. That's in every store. That's the most con. No one made a movie called a Meow Christmas yet. So here we fucking go, baby. Got to do it. And then as soon as the Meow Christmas was like, well, Lux, I was like, okay, well now the series is a Meowy blank. Like that's the series now. And so we just kept going with it. We did the Halloween uh, because I always wanted to make a PG horror film. And that was my excuse. That was my opening to do it. And then we did the three and four. And like I said, we did St. Patrick's Day, which was an Aline Isley idea. She had the Freaky Friday idea of switching the bodies. And then Christmas Vacation again. Like that was Bill and I parodying big finale blockbusters. Like it was a parody of Avengers Endgame and Star Wars Episode Nine, But we called it a Miyawi Christmas Vacation for two reasons. One. Again, the dog who saved Christmas vacation was such like the most hollow form of double dipping that I was just like, fuck you. And also, hey, you know, if anyone's on Tubi and they search for Christmas vacation, you ain't going to find National News Christmas vacation. But you know what the fuck comes up? I mean, I like Christmas vacation, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was just so cute. <laughs> that was a great idea with them, too. Then having all their little animal friends being able to understand and talk to each other. <laughs> yes. Now, does the dog in the Carousel movies, do you own that one as well? or? Uh, do you mean um, Joe's, the pizza guy's dog? Yes. Oh, I couldn't oh, remember the dog's oh, name. Yeah, Otis. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Otis uh, was actually my family dog. And uh, he passed away shortly after we filmed that little clip of his. And wow. it's funny. It's not funny. But it's funny because Joe's dog died. Yeah. Oh, It's ironic. It's not funny. It's just ironic. <laughs> oh, no. It's a, it's a happy ending. No, I'm just kidding. It's a downer ending. And it's really sad. And, uh, yeah. At least you always got him in the movie now for memory's sake. Yeah, it that's the uh, bittersweetness of using, you know, our animals in these movies. Because, you know, like, Gizmo Cat is still alive and well. She is kicking. I think she's going to be around for at least a little while longer. She's, like, 14 now, so she's getting up there. Um, but, like, all of our rats that were in those movies are gone. So every single time we have to rewatch those movies for a screening or, like, for online stuff. Um, you know, it's it's both happy and hard. You know, it's happy that, you know, they still exist in some way. They're still, they're making thousands of people around the world happy. And that's really nice. They're immortal. But at the same time, you know, it hurts to see Keena the rat, uh, see her run around and I can never hold her again and stuff like that. So um, I'm sure that if Gizmo cat ever dies, emphasis on if uh, I still am banking on her being immortal, uh, (laughs) it will be impossible for me to rewatch the Melee movies because I will just be a mess. I guarantee it. But again, she'll be immortalized and she'll continue making children and like people happy around the world. And that there's, there's a, a comfort from that. Yeah. 
I feel you in like the immortal cats. Like our cat, one of our cats still lives with my parents because she don't like car rides and we moved several like hours away. So I left her with my parents and she's like 13, 14, but still runs and plays. She does not act like that whatsoever. So I think she's like right in that realm of being immortal forever. Yeah. The white cat, Steve, that you've seen, the one that freaked out when I picked her up. Yeah. <laughs> but there can only be one. What? You have like a Highlander cat movie. There can only oh. be one. <laughs> Meow Meowlander. Ben Dittles really wants to get rich so he can finance Meow Hard. He really wants me to make Meow Hard. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I'd like to see that. <laughs> hey, and it, it, it's a Christmas movie. It takes place during Christmas. Exactly. So, <laughs> so. we should start a fundraiser for that for next year. <laughs> get the Indiegogo going for Meow Hard, everybody. <laughs> start making the thumb movies except with cats just remake classic films with cats all cats all the time. yeah there you go don't tempt me don't tell me it was steve odekirk's career because i'll take it <laughs> i will make kung meow and i'll just take some 70s martial arts movie and green screen my cat over top <laughs> and redub the whole fucking thing oh god am i gonna do this for real now oh no what have you done even if it's just a short or something, that'd be hilarious to see. Nah. <laughs> Only on Steve Buster. <laughs> Check it out. Now that would be way too much work. I'd be fucking charging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I I know I do a little bit of green. Nothing compared to what you guys do, but I've done green screen with some of my videos, and I don't even know what I'm doing. I've been taught all myself everything, and that stuff's hard. <laughs> we could call it pafu. <laughs> kung, uh, I'll meet you. Kung pa. I'll do kung pa. Okay, kung pa. There we go. <laughs> Oh, so it said uh, Drew Zimba. I guess. Sorry if I said that na name wrong, but the cat movie is is subpar from the blockbuster. Nails of Blanca. Nails of Blanca. There we go. It's true. But yeah, I love the Kung Fu cat idea. That's amazing. <laughs> Let's do John Whiskers, like John Wick. Yeah, there we John go. John Whiskers. <laughs> Oh, we can make it a sequel. Someone kills Wally. So Whiskers goes nuts and murders everyone. You killed my rat. No, Wally's me. Yeah, Wally's him. Oh, yeah. I don't know why I said that. Well, instead of that. Yeah, there we go. Um, I will have human. To, there we go. It's I will have to get Reeves to play me, though, to make the joke work. So, yeah. Sorry, we can't make the movie until we can afford Keanu Reeves. So, <laughs> yeah. Shucks. I just I have a very artistic vision, that's all. I'm not giving fucking make shit. No or do like a Jurassic Park meowy. I can't think of a good pun off top. All right, all right. Hear me out. Bat Mew versus Super Mew. Oh yes. That's awesome. There was actually, I saw, um, I don't know if it was on TikTok or going through um, YouTube, there was Jurassic Park, but like it was a cat in, in all the dinosaur scenes. Yeah, it's that guy that does all those like green screen stuff with his cat. Like he's put his cat in a bunch of movies. My other oh, favorite, really? he put it, the cat in Godzilla versus Kong. 
<laughs> I literally just got TikTok like earlier this week, so I don't know anything about that. <laughs> There's a bunch of random stuff on there, yeah. <laughs> I'm new to it. I don't know it. <laughs> Gotta find that one stupid thing to go viral. Some of the stuff it's like, really? <laughs> uh because it was telling me at one point this one guy all he does is like destroy like apple products and stuff and i'm like why <laughs> that's like why would you just smash stuff like hopefully stuff that. that already don't work and they just claim it does for the video <laughs> yeah oh man was, um i was gonna say earlier um the everyone everyone must die um what inspired you to do that um, I wanted to make a feature slasher film, and I thought of the name Everyone Must Die, and no one had made a movie called Everyone Must Die yet, so I I made the... Like, half of my movies exist, because I think of a good title, and I that realize doesn't... I not the title yet. Um, and unlike other people, I will make that movie as fast as possible, just to make sure that I own that title. <laughs> I will not sit on it. That's what I was going to say, another one that no one has the title to, that's how you do it. <laughs> just yeah, I mean, I had, um... In like 2007, I made a terrible feature film called Basic Slaughter. It was my first feature film ever. It's really bad. I don't like it. It's on Steve Buster because my fans hate me and demanded it. So it is upscaled in HD on Steve Buster. Don't watch it, but it's there. Uh, there's also a bonus feature where I just get shit-faced and insult the movie the whole time. Um, so enjoy that. But the idea behind Basic Slaughter was like, I want to do a slash movie with like a killer where like there isn't a logo where, like, there isn't an icon or something, like, important about the killer. It's just people in the situation is just like, holy shit, we're getting murdered. What does he want? Who fucking cares? He's murdering us. I don't care what his backstory is. <laughs> um, and Basic Slaughter was a very, very, very poor uh, delivery of that idea. So years later, you know, in 2012, when I made everyone with I was like, I, I want to revisit that. So technically, technically, Everyone Must Die is actually a sequel to Basic Slaughter. You don't need to watch it at all with that information, but it is technically a sequel to Basic Slaughter. It's just continuing that idea of it's about these killers that are going all over the place, killing as many people as possible, and it's a story about this group stuck in that situation, and like they don't know anything about the killer, they don't know why the killer's doing this, but that also doesn't matter. It's about these people trying to make it through the situation. Um, it's okay. I think everyone's die is okay. Um, I think that the start of the movie is one of the best starts to an independent horror movie because it's super exciting and it's awesome. But there's a lot of downtime because that was still when I was more inspired by, like, say, the writing of Kevin Smith, where it's a bunch of characters just talking because we didn't have much money. So it's a bunch of characters talking. But now when I watch a movie, I'm like, hey, can everyone shut the fuck up? Can everyone stop fucking talking? I don't care if the movie is 15 minutes shorter. You need to fucking talk less. Uh, so that's how I watch it now. I still think it's fine. I still think it's fun. Some people still seem to like it. You know, I still once in a while get a review on Letterboxd from someone that finds it on Tubi or something. And they're like, oh, this is just mindless people dying. You know, like 17 people died. That's all I wanted. Like, cool. Okay. But like as the creator, it's a, it's a little rougher compared to like my later features. But it's my first official feature, not Basic Slaughter, which was my first attempt. But, like, as a filmmaker, Everyone Must Die was my first official feature. And I learned my lessons from that. You know, I learned how to do um, dialogue better. I learned how to do, um, what's the fucking word when you explain the story? Exposition. 
Thanks. I learned how to do exposition a lot better. Like, it was already better in Super Task Force, which I just did the year later. And then it was even better in Captain Z. And again, it's even better in the, both the Carousel movies, substantially. It's just rough and everyone must die. But, you know, we just had the 10-year anniversary for Everyone Must Die. Came out in 2012. It is 2022. So I did release the Everyone Must Die Definitive Edition Plus on Blu-ray, which has Slasher Hunter, Everyone Must Die, The Killer, and The Survivors all on one disc because that's all one story. That was my first Saw guy ever told. So if you want to see the entire Killer's storyline... Grab that on Blu-ray. You'll get all the fucking movies and all the bonus features and brand new commentary where it's been a decade, so I'm not holding anything back anymore. <laughs> and uh, fancy new cover art you forgot to mention, I think. Yeah, of course. I've got to double dip the fans. I mean, give the fans something new. <laughs> of course. And we're such suckers. We'll do it anyway. <laughs> got to have it. We love doing that. So... <laughs> And that, of course, uh, SilverSpotlight.com. Right. Yes, SilverSpotlightFilms.com. SilverSpotlight Films, yes. Or, of course, you can also pick up the Carousel deck building game and the brand new Meowy expansion, where all the cars are the, from the cat movies. Okay. There's so that's a separate one from the first one? It's just an expansion? Because I got the first one when it first It's just an expansion. It's, it's 36 new cards for your main deck and six new character cards to play as. Okay. <laughs> And we get we introduce some new mechanics, and it's 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 a good expansion, honestly. Like it introduces a few new mechanics, and it definitely increases the like uh, plays that you can get out of the base game. But we also have Shingles, the movie, the game, in the works, which would be a standalone expansion, which will be compatible with Carousel and the Meow expansion. But you can also just buy that game by itself and play it by itself. But the backs of the cards are still Duke. And, you know, like, the backs of the Survivor cards are the same as, like, the Carousel game. So that way everything's still compatible, but it'll be very self-contained as well. Because I know a lot of the Shingles fans maybe not necessarily be Carousel fans or vice versa, so. Mm -hmm. Good way to introduce them to Duco a little bit. Like, what's this? Oh, thing? absolutely. <laughs> so. What? Using one product to sell another product? That's <laughs> Yeah, who would have thought? And besides, I know you're going to say, oh, Captain Z, no one had that title. I <laughs> know that's how you came up with that. Um, no, that was me being hired by a producer to make his movie idea. Oh, damn. Okay. Uh, because he, his name was Sultan Zilai. Uh, ZZ, he's like second generation Hungarian or something like that. I don't know if that's correct. That may be a fucking lie, but he's second generation. Uh, his father's name is like John, and his mother's name is like Mary. Like the most American fucking names, but he got his culture's names. Um, but his dad owns a jewelry store called Z's Jewelry. And for the local commercials, he played Captain Z the Pirate that brought his gold to this jewelry store because they paid the highest prices in gold in the, in the area. Uh, and then he came to me and said, I want to make a feature film about this commercial character I play. I'm like, how the fuck do I do that? Because he paid me to write it and okay. direct it. So I just asked him, like, okay, Zoltan, like, is he actually a fucking pirate from the 1700s, or is he just an actor that dresses like a pirate? And of fucking course, Zoltan said, he's an actual pirate from the 1700s. I was like, fuck. Okay. <laughs> and I just, I did my best. I wrote it. I wrote it in a way so that he kind of did time traveling. You know, I took a lot of inspiration from Army of Darkness in that sense. And yeah. I wrote a basis script, and I gave it to him, and he rewrote, like, 15% of it to add a few characters or change some jokes, and we came to an agreement, and then I made his movie. So that's his movie. 
It's very much one of mine still, but like he paid for that. He produced it. He came up with the idea. He owns it. Captain Z is Ultimate Z Lies baby. And every single year he says, I'm going to do a Captain Z 2, and it never happens. And I don't think it will, (laughs) because Captain Z 1, I don't think, made him any profit. Again, unfortunately, I think it's a movie that deserves more success than it currently has. It may not be as good as Carousel 1 or 2. It may not be as fun as, like, say, a Maui Halloween is for me. And it's not as big as Shingles is going to be. But I'm still really proud of Captain Z. I think it's a really fun adventure movie inspired by horror. Yeah. I know my husband hates horror, and we watched um, Captain Z and the Super Task Force, and he enjoyed both of them. He liked the Super Task Force more. Okay. But yeah, he's like super critical. He doesn't like a lot of the stuff that I watch. I like Super Better for me. I love it. But he'll watch it, and he. But he actually sat down and enjoyed both movies, so that's impressive to get him to enjoy it. <laughs> a, that's great. Um, and two, um, that's kind of why I do so many different genres. Um, because if it's so easy to be just a horror filmmaker or whatever, mm-hmm. but like I want to make more than just that, even if it's still inspired by horror, you know, like Captain Z was. But if I do different sorts of stuff, then I can access potentially different audiences and different people. That's why conventions I'll do like buy two get one free. You may only like one of my movies, but you got a higher chance of liking getting one of my movies that you'll like if you're walking away with three things, and then you won't write me off as like some shitty filmmaker that you don't care about. I've absolutely had people that was just like they walked away with several of my movies. They're like, Captain Z was amazing. Captain Z's like so great. This is like the greatest independent film of all time. And then they watch the survivors like, what the fuck happened? This movie sucks. And that's <laughs> fine. But if they had only walked away with the survivors, they would have never looked my way again, ever. But since they also had Captain Z. I keep that door creaked open. <laughs> and D, it's just fun. You know, it's just fun to do different stuff instead of only doing the same thing over and over and over again. I could have made six more cat movies and probably made money, but I didn't want to do that either. You know, I made four. <laughs> I'm done. Um, I made four in a miniseries for Steve Buster. Uh, I'll do I'll do as many cares hells as I can that are profitable, but that's because I can put Duke into any fucking genre and situation. They are not going to be all horror. The third one is not going to be horror movies. Sorry, fuckers. <laughs> Send them to space. That's Duke in space. <laughs> we have talked about that multiple times. Everything. Oh, meow Wars. There we go. <laughs> meow Wars. Does Star Wars have Meow Wars? <laughs> I think I've seen something, but not with that title, but I think I've yeah, seen Yeah, that's it. probably copyrighted or something. <laughs> probably too close. What about like stray wars. Ooh, there we go. Oh, stray cats. Yeah, that, <laughs> that would probably work better. <laughs> stray cat gangs fighting each other. <laughs> Give them little jackets. <laughs> oh, we're just like coming up with movie ideas on our show. One of these days, they'll just <laughs> have our ideas. We're always coming up with random stuff. <laughs> That would be funny, though. It would be like a West Side Story thing. It's like, have a, br- <laughs> a bunch of cats with, like, leather jackets and have another set with, like, I don't know, like, uh, jock jackets or something. Okay. <laughs> then, you know, you could change up the outfits. I was just trying to think of something that made sense. But... <laughs> <laughs> it could be so much different things that could be done. So. Right. Right. Uh. <laughs> Let's see what else. Uh, besides shingles, anything else going on, or any other plans, or just that for now? Uh, shingles is a huge project. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> That's it. Oh, it's, it's not a big deal. It's just. <laughs> <a little. laughs> 
we no, just had production like a few weeks ago. We're still editing this thing. <laughs> okay, it's been a few weeks. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and you're not done yet? Come on. <laughs> that's my biggest fucking pet peeve. No offense, Stephen, but that is my biggest pet peeve. Whenever like I just released something new and someone's like, so what's next? I'm like, still selling this dipshit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I forgot. I, I, that's, that's Mark Polonia who comes out with eight movies a year. <laughs> not, not you. I mean, I'm coming out with one movie a year, and I still am well ahead of the curve um, compared to most people I know. So yeah, like we we gotta we gotta finish editing shingles, we gotta release shingles, then we gotta like do the marketing thing for shingles, and then after that, maybe Carousel Three, and that's still a maybe. Right. I don't fucking know. Bill Murphy has been talking about making a uh, specific horror film idea. Uh, I don't want to say a title because we don't have one yet. I don't want to say the idea because he hasn't completely agreed to like my pitches on the ideas yet. Um, but that is also uh, potentially in the works. Again, who knows if they want to do a Shingles 2. I know fucking um, Bevan, one of the other authors, has been reaching out to me about doing something in the fantasy genre, even if it's just a short. Uh, you know, that's something we need to talk about. And then who knows? I don't fucking know. That's the thing. I wasn't planning on making fucking a Shingles movie in 2020. Never even heard, never even heard of it. But yeah, <laughs> heard of it, but it fucking happened. So for all I know, I'll be like, no, I've got nothing planned. And then someone's going to see Shingles, and they're going to come to me and be like, here's the Take this dollars you're gonna make this movie and i'll be like yes sir <laughs> go where the scripts are sure i'll, do and it. I'll, and I'll fucking pitch it like it's this big great thing and i won't give a shit i'd do it i do the shit for money i'm a whore <laughs> yeah do it hey why not <laughs> um but yeah so uh, the final episode of a maui dark timeline will go up july 1st i'll say that uh, again that's the stevebuster.com exclusive miniseries we did I wanted to do a fun little thing because I know people like the Meowies, but I didn't want to do a full-blown another Meowie feature. So I did a, two years after I finished it. This is a little something for the fans, but it's also having fun with a lot of my other older characters. Like Larry from the Slasher Hunter actually comes back in the series. We haven't seen Larry since 2011. Um, you know, we reference other characters. The Wolfster comes back for an episode. We have some fun with it. It's nothing substantial. It's nothing amazing. It's not on the same caliber as the Meowies or any of, obviously, my feature films. But it's some new content that I released this year because I knew I was going to be so busy with shingles for months and months and months and months that I came up with something that I could release like a new episode every month for people to enjoy. So the last episode of that goes up this month. And again, there's a ton of um, other stuff on the service. I'm going to be recording some like kind of creator vlogs in the next couple of months, just like if I like where it's completely off the cuff, no script, just like I write down a topic and I talk about it. Like I just recorded one today that I'm going to like kind of cut together. That's just what does Carousel 2 mean to me? And I just talked for like 20 minutes about that. And like the next one will be something different. The one after that will be something different. That's not a solid plan. I'm, I only know of a few that I'm going to do. I don't know if it'll go further. I don't know if it'll go more seriously. But that's it for now. I'm making shingles. <laughs> if you go through with the vlog thing, where would you be posting that at? That'll be a Steve Buster timed exclusive. Okay. That'll be something that will become public for everyone else because it is just me discussing about like filmmaking topics and stuff. And I think that might be something interesting for other wannabe filmmakers to watch, other people that are curious about the industry want to watch. But I want to give to like my subscribers something as like a thank you for subscribing and supporting me. So they'll get it like a few weeks early and then I'll post it publicly to YouTube on my channel gotcha so um buy carousel too if you haven't yet 
Subscribe to Steve Buster if you haven't yet. And yeah, my stuff is on Tubi as well if you only want me to earn a nickel. <laughs> really? It's only a nickel? Something like that. It's like a nickel an hour, which is still more than Amazon page, which is a penny an hour. Oh. Wow, you're a cheap whore, apparently. <laughs> no, I would not make a custom movie for a penny an hour. I'm talking about a producer with thousands of no. dollars. Paying no, I, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just joking. Yeah. Like, that's, that's horrible. <laughs> but, but that's why Steve Buster exists. You know, if 20 people spend $3 a month to subscribe to it, that's still substantially more money than, like, if I would need thousands of people to watch the movie on Amazon to get... I would need 300 people to watch a movie on Amazon Prime Streaming to equal one person subscribing to Steve Buster for one month. So that's why Steve Buster exists. So I can still get the products to people digitally as an option, and permanently if they want to, but I can actually make more than fucking pennies. Yeah. That's a shame that's all they do that. But anyway. <laughs> what about you, Aline? What are you going to be working on? What are you What are you coming out with? <laughs> uh, she, no, um, actually, <laughs> I, am <laughs> I am rehearsing for a stage musical. I'm doing Anything Goes in July. Uh, I think Dead and Buried Treasures is going to be bringing my character back for an episode this summer. And uh, I'm always making shit for YouTube. So... If you, if anybody wants to check me out on YouTube, it's YouTube slash Alina Isley. And uh, I basically post like uh, collections that we have, um, mail stuff like mail order Pokemon Center halls, Lego builds, like anything. Oh, and also a series where I like diss Disney movies and the things I hate about them, plus the things I love about them. Uh, it's a very small channel, but we're trying to grow. So uh, yeah, thanks. So, uh, Besides working on shingles and not any other projects, not good to say that. Uh, what's what have you been up to in your spare time? Uh, what do you do to enjoy yourself while you're not working? Consume. <laughs> Just <laughs> I, I like watching. I, I watch movies. I'm mostly cinephile. Um, I, I I game every once in a while. Like if something comes out that I'm I super care about, I'll play it a lot. When Xenoblade Three comes out, I'll be playing Xenoblade Three for two hundred fucking hours easily. Um, when Xenoblade 3 isn't out, I'm just kind of, you know, I've played the Evil Dead game a little bit. Uh, you know, I, that's pretty much it. Uh, I want that game so bad. <laughs> it's fun. I just don't, I don't care that much about multiplayer games. I'm not competitive. I don't care about winning and that's all you can do in the game is win. So the way that it's done is cool. It's probably one of my, it's probably my favorite of the asymmetrical multiplayer games that exist. But at the end of the day, I wish it was a single player story campaign. Just because I don't care about winning. Um, I did get a uh, arcade one up of the Mortal Kombat games that uh, Aline and I built in my basement because it was like half price at a local Walmart. I just got an HDMI cord from my Sega Genesis and 32X. I popped on the Star Wars arcade with that, and that is those are graphics that you can only get with the power of the Sega 32X. Let me tell you, the 32 bits of three dimensions, phenomenal. Um, I work out, I hang out, I lay down, I take baths with bath bombs. I don't know what this is weird. This is getting weirdly personal, Stephen. Why? Are you... <laughs> we got to go into that much detail. I like <laughs> what sense you like. I started, I started waxing my legs last month. You know, I've been going with that. You know, I want to use up the Kelly Clarkson. To... Didn't hurt that bad, except above the knee. I didn't, I didn't continue waxing above the knee, but I, I, I'm doing below the knee for sure. At least until I'm done with all the wax strips, then we'll, I'll see what I decide. 
<laughs> this interview's gotten a little in depth here, but okay. <laughs> uh, how, how about you, Eileen? I know you say you've been doing uh, the plays mostly. Mm -hmm. uh, what else do you, have you been up to? Uh, working. I work in. Um, no, I'm not going to combine those two worlds. But I also uh, tap dance. Uh, that's at the shows and uh, photo shoots here and there. I just attended my first Lolita tea party today, so I'm slowly getting stepping into the world of Lolita fashion. Um, I don't know, a little bit of column A, column B. Not waxing, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to make it that personal. Uh, I, I can help wax Steve, but um, <laughs> but no, I, I nothing that you know, in depth in particular. Uh, that we need to know anyway, but yes. <laughs> he brought the waxing into it. So. Yeah. I mean, you want to know about all these details of my personal life. I didn't ask for details. I just said, what do you like to do? <laughs> <laughs> like, I like to watch movies. <laughs> I, I Never mind. <laughs> I pet my cat. <laughs> I grab her by the face and tell her you are not allowed to die. I love you. And then I smooch her. Aw. Yeah. Oh. We saved a dog a few days ago. Got away from us. She got away from her family. We found the family after the dog lived in our yard for a few hours. Very disappointed we found the family because I would have just kept that fucking dog. She was so cute and so sweet. <laughs> the best part was uh, the only neighbor out on the street, um, we asked about this dog. And the neighbor was like, oh, yeah, like, go ask. So and so, she's the dog walker in the neighborhood. She'll know who it is. We described the dog and everything. The dog walker comes over. They see the dog and they're like, "Hey, pretty!" And they're like, "Pick up the dog, carry it to the house." It's the person we asked about the missing dog. It's their dog. They didn't even know about it. <laughs> oh my god! They Literally the first person I talked to about this dog could have solved the situation much sooner. <laughs> Obviously, they didn't care about the dog. <laughs> I would say it's a little concerning, but immediately she was just like, that's my daughter's dog. So she may just like be hands off and like not have to do with the dog much. Like, why would I know that the dog got out? I mean, I, I fucking, my cat lives here. She'll go missing for hours, and I don't know where the fuck she is. I don't assume she's outside, so maybe it's a similar situation, you know? Like, right. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> But I know if my dog witnesses somebody, let's say my neighbor came up, say, but mine's kind of a, uh, how I want to put it, unusual colors, I guess, because she's mainly white, but she's got a black mask. Okay. So somebody's like, hey, if you got a dog, I'm sorry, my husband's dying. You probably hear that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but if somebody came up, it's like, yeah, are you missing a little white and black dog with a black mask? I don't know exactly. It's like, oh, that's my dog. <laughs> we call it for oh there you are unless it's just like a normal like typical colored dog like hey i found a black lab kind of thing this was, this was a pure pit bull pit bull pup oh yeah. gotcha he had a, a sock like you could tell colors apparently the dog auger said this particular dog is an escape artist so it hasn't been the first time she got out um but you know it's, it's funny that they had no idea so yeah I hear that my neighbors across the street they have a pit bull that he's an escape artist too and he's super so, friendly as dog ever. His nickname is Who Doggy instead of Who Doggy. 
But yeah, I think that breed is a them and huskies. I think are probably the biggest escape artists there are. <laughs> Uh, Huskies are pretty sweet. We uh we have the benefit of having wonderful friends who have a husky, so we can like pet the husky, hear the songs of the husky, and then let the husky go. Okay. <laughs> Mine's uh, like fourteen percent husky, so I have a taste it, but okay. she's not like full blown. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know if we can handle one as much as she is. But yeah, she loves snow jumps, rolls, and I, I yeah, can she handle, has a lot of traits. So. I can handle a husky, but uh, our cat would not. Yeah. <laughs> so you have the cat and any other animals right now, or just your cat? Right now, no. Just the cat. Uh, Elaine wants to get more rats, and I understand because rats are the best, but I can't go through that hurt that fast again. I need some more time. It's understandable. Yeah, I used to have uh, gerbils years back when I was in elementary and middle school and uh, <clears throat> started out with the original two. Uh, I, I named them uh, Eek and Tweak, <laughs> and then they started having babies, and their babies had babies generations, of course, and all. But I remember uh, Squeak was like the coolest one would like, you know, just rest on my shoulder and stuff and I could take a uh, show at school. And um, when he got older, he actually held off. Uh, my mom said that like he wasn't doing well. And I literally like when I made it home from school, I picked him up and you could tell like he was like, you know, he was fading, unfortunately, you know, and uh, he actually waited because literally right after I told him I loved him and everything, that was it. I was like, wow, he held on. So I, I know how that is. It's uh <laughs> Akita the rat, who played Chuck the rat in the Maui films, she was uh, sick during the last part of filming of Maui Halloween. Mm. Uh, losing her, um, that was my hard rat. I, I think she was the sweetest, and I loved her. Um, but she did not pass until we watched the final cut of Maui Halloween, and we were sure it was done, and then she was gone. Because she was a fucking professional. That's <laughs> I was going to say, that's a professional right there. Absolutely. You, no matter how sick you are, you fucking do the movie, you perform a top, you do everything you need for that film to keep that lead role. You do not give up on that role. And then when the movie's done, you can be finished. <laughs> yes. Now, you know, if you can't be as professional as that rat, I don't know what to tell you. Right. Yeah, unfortunately, we can't have anything smaller than, I'd say, like a year-old kitten, because my dog will murder it. <laughs> yeah, no. Cinder Wild would like to know, did you try any of the alternate Baja Blast flavors? That's no, why the fuck would I fuck that shit? Baja Blast is erosion. It is the drink of the gods. Why do I want to drink a shitty pineapple version of Baja Blast? I, I was going to say, there's an alternate version? There's yeah, like two, two versions, yeah. Oh, I don't yeah, want to tell you. Uh, there's gold, which is like the pineapple one, and then there's deep dive, which sounds the most interesting, but I have not. We tried a lot yeah. of the new Mountain Dew. Like, Spark is really good. What's that mountain? Or, I don't know if it's mountain. Which What's one's that one? There's like a hot drink or something yeah. really weird with that. Oh, that's Flamin' right. Hot. That's based that's on the Flamin' Hot Cheetos. No, thank but, you. I yeah, we saw those at the store. And I, was, I asked my son, I was like, do you want to try it? Because usually we'll get like one bottle and we'll split it mm -hmm. to try it. And he's like, eh, I don't know about that. I mean, Do USA was amazing. It tasted like America. Um, like I, I would try the deep dive if we can find a diet version. But that's the thing too. A lot of times Mountain Dew comes out with a new flavor. I don't drink calories. That's like the only thing 
Like I, 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 I eat pretty cleanly, but I still eat cookies. I still eat candy. Like I cook most of my own meals. I'll still eat fast food. I'm not an insane person, but I don't need to drink 300 calories. You know what I mean? So if something's diet, I'll try it. I'll try a no calorie drink of any flavor. Most of the time, the new Mountain Dew flavors are just full calories and they're more calories because of the flavor. The thing about deep dive that makes it so special is it's a, it's a special release where they're having a contest. They're only making like, I think it was like 19 or 20,000 cases of deep dive. And you have to like look under your cap for codes to win one of those cases or you don't get any. Hmm. Have you, did you guys see the gingerbread one? Yeah. It was good. It tasted just like gingerbread. No, really? Yeah, we didn't try it, but I saw it. I was like, ew, that sounds disgusting. It sounds better I, than the flaming Hot. <laughs> I love gingerbread and I love Christmas. If it's a Christmas flavor, I'm drinking it. It's that simple. Christmas, I'm I'm the biggest risk at Christmas time because of all the Christmas treats. I also really like uh, most of the flavors of voodoo that they came out with. Every Halloween, they do a different voodoo with a new secret flavor. Mm -hmm. uh, I think last year's was the pixie stick one. That was probably the best one. They had... Um, oh, sorry. I was going to say, there was a, a Pepsi, I forget what was it, if it was like Pepsi Clear or Pepsi Space. It was really weird it, it, recently. Pepsi Clear from like the 80s. But well, yeah. no, it wasn't clear. It must have been Space or something. Like it had a uh, weird... Coke, Coke Starlight? Starlight. There we go. I was like, Starlight Space? I'm like, Space isn't right. No, that Starlight was weird. It, it sort of tasted like those um, those sugar cookies a little bit. I, I can't think of which ones. It was weird. I don't know. It wasn't... I just, it left a weird aftertaste though. I don't know. Like, you know, like that. I'm not That's the sugar cookies. Like, uh, they're not gingerbread, <laughs> but they're those cookies that are like the cheaper kind of that you buy. That I are, think you're talking about just like, I think they're just regular Christmas. I think they're just called Christmas cookies or something. I think no. I know. they have the glitter and they're like shaped as like hearts and stars and bells. It might taste like that a little different. I don't know how to explain it. It's weird. You just, I, I can't explain it. It was just weird. It kind of tasted like I think, that uh, I think it suggests that space tastes like marshmallows. <laughs> that would be good. Yeah. <laughs> or cheese. <laughs> Made out of cheese. I don't know. Cheese as a drink, though. <laughs> hey, there's weird at flaming hot Cheetos. Would you have thought of that as a drink? No, that's true. <laughs> but I don't like the flaming hot chips, so I would have never thought. I remember of that. when Doritos had um, it was like second degree or something's like really really hot uh, Doritos, and I put um like some crushed pepper in it and hot sauce. And I shook it up. And this was like when I was working at Flying J one night. And my coach was like, are you nuts? I'm like, that's why I took that. I'm like, whoa. Like, I can feel the heat coming off my mouth after adding hot sauce and shaking up the peppers. That was a mistake. <laughs> but, yeah, it burned. <laughs> Never did that again. Now, let's see. Cinder Wild says ginger snap was surprisingly good. <laughs> they also said the flaming hot was barely spicy at all. So you, you might as well just drink hot sauce. I mean, like, oh, here, have some hot sauce in a can. That's. I think the hot sauce would be spicier. <laughs> yeah, true. Right. I think the gingerbread version was uh, tasty because it did taste like a gingerbread cookie, but the downside was it was such a strong gingerbread flavor. I couldn't drink more than, like, a few sips, and then I had to put the bottle away for the next day. Like, it, it wasn't – I couldn't do a whole bottle of that flavor because it's so intense. Yeah, I couldn't imagine doing that. Mm. Interesting. 
It's like, yeah, just have to do a show sometime. Here's all the weird flavors we tried tonight. Which ones have you done? <laughs> we all get like a 20 ounce of each flavor and just like taste test them. The taste test challenge. <laughs> there we go. We've done rankings of uh, Japanese Kit Kat flavors and we've done like a top 15 list of those. So I would be totally for like a uh, top flavors of Mountain Dew <laughs> tier list night, you know. Baja has to be the top though. Yeah. I might have to do that. I'll keep in touch with you for that. <laughs> Before we'll just say, what's your... Uh, no, we'll do like a blind test or something. We'll just drink each one. <laughs> like... I have done this before with cans of Pringles. It's very easy to do. You just black them out with construction paper and then you have the blind test the Pringle cans. That one's another fun. Okay. Good ideas. <laughs> but, oh, good times. Um, did you have any other questions, Boom? Or I think that was. Oh, I hear typing. I know. I hear typing too. That's what I like. This is right. curious typing. I type loud. Oh, you're fine. I was expecting something to come up in the chat. That's what. Oh, that was gotcha. Okay. Awesome. Working on that next script. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Oh, no, I just talked to a friend about hanging out tomorrow. Nothing important. I just wanted to answer that I was in a show right now, so I couldn't. <laughs> I can't talk right now. No, that's fine. But, uh, yeah, I guess I'll go ahead and let you go then. Oh, no, I'll type quieter. Little type roll. <laughs> but uh, thanks for I have a mechanical again. typewriter hooked up to my computer, so... One of those old typewriters you should get. Did you push over? I used to have one. I used to write my school papers on that because I thought it was cool. And I just hated writing stuff by hand. So before I had a computer, I used a typewriter. I used one of those too. That was fun. I'd always be like, oh, good It wasn't so expensive and near impossible to like replace the ribbon. I'd still use it for something. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine those would be hard to replace the ribbon on those. Yeah, I, don't I can't even... believe they could still like buy VCRs and stuff in places. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna be pretty much about the same. Yeah, they well, there's still some movies on VHS they've never released on DVD yet. So mm -hmm. that's true. <laughs> Unfortunately, but <laughs> so it's good to have both. But yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. So well, but yeah, thanks again. It's been fun. Uh so we'll do it again next year. How's that sound? <laughs> See what's up. Yeah. Sounds good. And then well, you can finally ask us what's next. Yeah. <laughs> I have an answer. Fuck you. That's the answer. <laughs> shingles. <laughs> One of the Shingles fans had the audacity to ask if the movie would be done by a convention in August. And I literally replied, hey, go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's done by August. <laughs> wow. You just shot this in May. You'll have the whole thing done in less than three months, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> just my yeah, it's ass. just easy. All you gotta do is hold the camera. <laughs> you just gotta edit it. I'm What's being that? sarcastic. I know it takes. Oh, a I know you're being sarcastic. <laughs> I can't believe someone actually asked that. Have it ready for the convention. <laughs> wow. <laughs> sure. I'm gonna decide when I get to the con how drunk I'll be to see how honest I'll be during their Q and A. So that might be super fun. <laughs> so when is this? Uh, well, I'm assuming since you said August, the there's a Shingles convention it's in August. The Authors and Dragons convention, August 19th, 20th, and 21st in Charlotte, North Carolina. There'll be a bunch of book authors there, a bunch of game creators there, and also obviously there are a bunch of uh, Shingles people will be at the convention. 
you know, I'll be selling my movies, but also we'll be signing, signing stuff for shingles. We'll be signing, you know, products. We'll be signing posters. And we have a panel for shingles where we will be premiering the opening scene. We will have a sneak peek for the convention. Right. <laughs> it is definitely possible to have the first eight minutes of the movie done. Right. Not the whole fucking thing, dipshit. We, we'll have the trailer for you. you. <laughs> we'll have the trailer done and you'll like it. <laughs> Awesome. Do you have any other conventions that you're coming up that you're going to? Um, not right now. Like I was gonna try to go to some stuff, but again, like we were immediately hired for shingles, we're making shingles. So now that shingles is kind of behind me, that I can look back into like being a guest at conventions coming up to promote Carousel 2 fucking finally and shingles as well. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm nowhere near the, where did you say North Carolina? So I won't be able to go there, but hopefully a lot of people go show up. Well, I'll see. I'd like to, but who knows? <laughs> but it'd be fun to see at a convention. But, but definitely pick up some shingle stuff. Or um, is I'm assuming they'll have stuff online too. Like for people who can't make it, they'll sell some stuff. Do you know? <laughs> I mean, I don't know what products they're selling specifically. I don't know if they're going to be making posters, but I do know that everyone that can check out my stuff at silverspotlightfilms.com buy the DVDs, buy Blu-rays, buy the deck building games, buy the vinyl 10-year anniversary soundtrack. Um, and if you don't buy physical media, that's okay too. Second best way to support me is stevebuster.com as low as three bucks a month. You get digital access to my entire library, exclusive stuff, bonus features, you know, discussions, that sort of deal. And worst case scenario, if you can't afford anything, I understand things have been hard. A lot of my stuff is on Tubi TV. Carousel 2 is on there. The Meowies are on there. Um, so that's an option, too. Feel free to check out the stuff there. Aline, what have you got? Oh, and I'm on Instagram, at Dark Mullet, if you just want to see me post pictures of my cat or me wear spandex, you know, show off my ass. Dark Mullet, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Instagram, at Aline Isley. And uh, I'm on uh, YouTube, which was linked a little bit earlier. I can't seem to make a direct link to it all fancy. So thank you for posting that. And uh, for, you know, a little more naughty content, I also uh, appear on OnlyFans. So you can check out my link in my Instagram. Awesome. There all right. Of it. All right. Well, I think we'll let you guys go and do what you got to do. And and whatever you got, uh, I don't know how to. And whatever that. else you gotta do, wax your wax your legs, you know. What? We're gonna go do the do, okay? We gotta do the do. do the there you go. Do. All right. <laughs> Take care. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs>